Vadim Glusman is one of the great violin soloists of the 21st century. I just had this conversation with him on the living room floor of his home in Northbrook, Illinois. He had my quartet, the Pacifica Quartet, come to play at his brand new chamber music festival. We had a lot of fun playing great music together. My name is Masumi Rostad, and this is Inner Voice. Hope you enjoy the conversation. Hi, Vadim. Here we are in Northbrook, Illinois, and this is where you live. We're actually in your house right now, and you've been so gracious to invite all of these musicians into your home for these wonderful dinners. But we're also here to get some work done, right? We're, we're here to, to play at your festival, this chamber music festival that you just started. So I wanted to talk with you a little bit about this and ask you, well, first off, what inspired you to start a chamber music festival? Uh, my egoism, I think. As every musician, I am especially egoistic. I, I don't think you can argue with that. But going from a festival to festival, you love some places, you hate some places, you wish some things were done differently, you wish some moments at these festivals will never end. And put all of this together, we've talked with Angela, my wife, for years about doing a festival, but somehow never really came to actual doing it. It was always talking about it. And then one day we went grocery shopping. It was one of these rare weekends that I was actually here in, in Chicago at home. And we went to the same uh, supermarket where we go always. And we passed by this church each and every time, and then we actually noticed it. And we decided to just go and check it out. And we realized immediately that it's a perfect concert location acoustically. We found out that the director of music was someone we've known for many years by sheer coincidence. And that's how the whole thing started. So this is our second season. It's difficult to believe that it's been already two years. I know that comparing to some other festivals, it is nothing, but to us it seems like eternity. So this is kind of a gift to your community. Northbrook, Illinois, how did you end up here? Well, when we moved to Chicago area some 10 years ago now, uh, from New York, that was the community we gravitated to. I like being here. First of all, it's very convenient in terms of getting to the airport, which is very important for me. And also I can see trees from my window. After 10 years of living in Manhattan, it became a, a subject for conversation at home. So you moved to Chicago to teach at Roosevelt, is that correct? That's right. The, initially, that was the final drop that made us move here. We've had for years and years friends in Chicago, very close friends, that, and we would visit them every chance we, we had. And they would always ask, why don't you just move here? And we always toyed with this idea. Nothing really held us in New York. And then finally this offer came from Roosevelt and I said to myself, why not? And we did it very quickly. And before Roosevelt University, you were in New York and we knew of each other probably at Juilliard, but we didn't really know each other. But I do remember, I do remember that I always saw you in the practice rooms. (laughs) No, I I have visited practice rooms for sure. Maybe not always I was doing what I'm supposed to do in practice rooms, but I I certainly, I've been there. Juliet, yes, that was my New York years uh, and quite formative years, I think. It, It actually molded many things in my mind and... I'm very grateful for being there and then studying at Juilliard. I think it was very exciting. I was at the very beginning of my career, and it was I think it was the right time and the right place for me. And where did you come from before New York City? Well, born in what used to be Soviet Union, 
couldn't leave it soon enough. And at the age of 15, I came to Israel. So despite my heavy Russian accent, uh, I am Israeli. And studied at the Tel Aviv University. And then I came to Dallas as every good Jewish boy. We all go to Southern Methodist University. I've heard of that, right? Yeah. Uh, so I studied there, found a teacher of my life uh, to whom I owe almost everything that I know and, and can do. And who is that? Arkady Fomin. He's a violinist in Dallas Symphony. I don't know. Say his name one more time. Arkady Fomin. How did you find him? A very strange circle of coincidences, as, as it always happens. I played for Pinky Zuckerman in Tel Aviv, and he said, why don't you come and work with me in, at the festival in Dallas? And I did go, and the first week he was not there. So I took lessons with whoever was available. Arkady Fomin was one of them, and by the end of the lesson, it only lasted three and a half hours on Bach's G minor adagio. Right, and most lessons are like an hour. Exactly, and this is a piece that if you even play it very, very slowly, it will not be longer than four minutes. By the end of the lesson, I sat on the floor, which is a very Israeli gesture of stubbornness. What do you mean? Physically sitting on the floor, like we do now. <laughs> And said that I'm not going anywhere from here until you tell me you're taking me to your class. Really? I'm surprised at myself. I was 18 years old. I knew he was the one. I knew he's, he was one hope that I had in my professional life. I don't know how to explain it. Until today, I don't know how to explain it. And everybody who later talked to me about it and found out about my plans of going to Dallas... They all said I was absolutely out of my mind. I was crazy. I was suicidal and, and whatnot. I quietly knew that I was right. I was right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wonderful story. What was it like going to Dallas then? Well, in terms of weather, it was perfect. Going from Tel Aviv to Dallas, you basically go to the same climate, same temperature. It felt like home in, in many ways. Right. And the culture is the same, right? Oh, of course. It's absolutely Except falafel in Dallas is a little spicier than in Tel Aviv. <laughs> yeah. Actually, surprisingly, people are in, in many ways similar. Maybe it's the temperature. I, I don't know how else to explain it. But there is this warmth and immediacy of communication that I found in general in, in the American South that I don't see anywhere else in this country. And that reminds me of Israel in a way. That's interesting because... As a New Yorker coming to the Midwest, I find an incredible friendliness, you know, and an openness. But I guess the South is maybe even one step further. I would say so, yeah. But Midwest is definitely much more open and friendly and welcoming than New York. And I love New York, but I do feel more welcomed here. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your career right now. You're playing all over the world and you're super in demand as this concert violinist. What is this kind of a schedule that you're keeping? Well, I think it's easier to count days that I'm not on the road. But I'm, I'm on tour basically the, the whole season. I do try to make time and be with family as much as I can, but it's definitely not enough. When I gave my first interview back in Dallas, I barely spoke English. <laughs> still barely speak English. And I had a friend whom I met, just met there in, in Dallas. We are still very close friends. And he taught me English. He happened to be Colombian. Another musician? Of course. We were in, in Juilliard at the same time, by the way. <laughs> And suddenly there was this radio station that wanted to do an interview with me. And I literally was in Dallas for 10 or days or maybe two weeks. I was absolutely beside myself from fear. I had no idea how I'm going to manage that. So I went to him and said, Rafael, this is a real disaster. What am I going to do? He said, no, don't worry about it. You just say I'm Vadim and I play the violin. And that's what I've been saying ever since. For the record, can you uh, tell me what you do and what your name is? Vadim and I play the violin. <laughs> Wonderful. With all of this crazy touring that you're doing, how do you find time to do this festival? 
I don't. It's all my wife. <laughs> Tell us about your wife. Well, she's my wife. Her name is Angela Yoffe. We started our relationship as very professional partners. You mean in marriage? No, no, no. We, 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 I played violin. Surprisingly. I was just joking. <laughs> she, in fact, accompanied me in my farewell recital in Soviet Union just before I went to, to Israel. Wait, what do you mean? You had a farewell recital? It was my last recital before leaving from what you still was Soviet Union to Israel. I was about 15 years old. We've known each other since we were kids. We went to the same school back in Riga. And a year later, after I arrived in Israel, her family arrived. And my first recital in Israel was with her again. Because I remember that our recital back in Riga was quite good. So I thought we should repeat the experience. And then we, we decided maybe we could take it a step further. So 20 years later, we're still together and we have a daughter. And basically the festival, going back to this, it is 99.99 Angela from A to Z. If not for her, there would be no festival, clearly. All I do is like a kid in a toy store. I go in front of a bookshelf and I, and I say, oh, I want this. <laughs> oh, and I want that. And I want him to play it. And, and she makes it happen. Exactly. So what kinds of things are involved on your end? I plan artistically. I plan programs, dream musicians. And so far, dreams have been coming true. I, I can't believe it, but I haven't heard no yet. As a, a violinist who's so busy on the road, and when you come home, here you are at this festival and <laughs> playing more. How does that feel? I always play, so it doesn't really feel any different. Except that now, I even at home, I don't have the time for my daughter which I normally do make. But other than that, it's life as usual. We make music. Um, so what plans for the future for the festival? We hope, under the economical circumstances, that we will survive another year and then a year after that. All the same, I hope that a circle of friends will not become enormous, but it will stay at the highest possible quality. My ultimate goal, which I think we have achieved so far, is to be able to bring, bring together great musicians that also can sit down at a dinner table, drink wine, and have fun. <laughs> it's a festival. That's great. Do you have any parting words? Just come to Northbrook, first week of June of 2013. You might get some glimpse onto the fact that there is hope for classical music. Well played. Thank you very much. Thank you.